Well, as Lane alluded to, we are looking at, in the Psalms, or study of the Psalms, the idea of anger. And I want to, if I could, we have some young people right in the front row. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, can I come just talk to you a second? Is it okay? Um, so what, what, I, what I want, what I'd like to do, talking to the old people like me, what, what we're going to talk about anger, what I'm, what, I, what I'm trying to communicate today is the Psalm 109 is when David shares all his anger towards some people with God. I mean, he is flaming horribly angry. And so what I'm going to ask the congregation and you, have you ever prayed a prayer that angry? Is it okay to pray angry prayers? That's what Psalm 109 is, an angry prayer. But what's interesting in the prayer, he gives, the psalmist David, gives his anger to God instead of raging and hurting a person. So the anger goes to God, and then he moves to a place where he will trust God to make things right. So that's what I'm going to try to talk about together. So if, if, I, if I get off later on, that's what I'm trying to do. Is that okay? Thanks for letting me sit here with you a second. Okay. It's intimidating having young people in the front row, I'm telling you. Thank you. Thank you, young people. Let me, uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit. So I slide number nine, please. This is where we're going. I'm going to invite us today to write an angry prayer to the Lord. And if you've not seen, if you go down the hallway between the two worship rooms, there are a whole number of prayers already posted from you. And I would just invite you to go look at some of those prayers. They're remarkable. But I'd like you to think about today writing an angry prayer. And we'll walk through that. Now, having said that, let me give you a couple, just a heads up. Slides two, three, four, and then eight. So this, when I talk, we talk about anger, this is what we're talking about. Anger is a spontaneous feeling that erupts when my will is thwarted. When I don't get what I want, I get angry. Normally, regularly, anger demands a response. And sometimes we are so angry, we want the person to be injured, either mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or maybe even physically. Anger seldom is hidden, and anger feeds on anger. Now, the next slide, please. So anger is a function of the will. We choose to be angry. Now, this is the next, next bullet that was one that's really convicted me. A- anger always has an element of self-righteousness. When I'm angry with someone, is this true for you? When I'm angry with someone, I am, I am self-righteous thinking they don't know, they don't get it, they're stupid, it's a bad opinion, and there's some vanity because I think I'm smarter, better than the other person. Many of our mental and emotional resources are then poured into our nurturing of our anger. And we get tired because we are fighting so hard to stay angry. And physiologically, the body throbs with anger. Now, next slide, please. So to retain anger and and to cultivate it is to give the devil a foothold. We give the enemy space in our lives. Now, let me go to slide number eight and then we're gonna to go to the passage. Because this is the thing, my aha this week. So, so remember, thanks for a second, Jim. 
So this, this, stay with me here now. What I'm trying to say now is we have, we have to choose and learn to say, write, pray psalms of anger. We want to give it to the Lord. It is giving it to the Lord that helps us not aim it at people. So as we give it, we, let me just ask you a question. Have you, have, you ever written, have you ever written or prayed just a crazy, angry prayer to God? I mean, just crazy angry. We're going to read one in just a second. Have you prayed that prayer? What we're trying to do is say, Lord, I'm going to give all my rage to you, my self-righteousness, my vanity, my wanting to be right. I'm going to give it all to you with the trust. Here's it now. The trust is the day will come when the Lord will make all things right. So it's giving our anger to God and trusting that in due time, he will make what is wrong right. And that leaves us with hope. Now go back to this. No. But there's something else. Uh, same screen with the mic, uh, Jim. Now think about this. If I don't, if you don't deal with our anger, if it's unresolved, we release oppression both upon us and upon others. If we don't resolve our anger, we unleash curses and destructions of many kinds. But this is the one that's really got me this week. If I don't resolve my anger, I poison the community in which I live. So here's my community. If I don't resolve my anger toward whatever, I can be angry at someone else, it poisons our relationship. It doesn't just poison our relationship, it poisons the relationship with the people I work with. It doesn't just poison the relationship with the people I work with, it poisons this city. If we don't resolve our anger, we poison. So can I just ask you to step back, look at the United States of America on July 4th weekend. Do we have a poisoned country? Because there is so much unresolved anger. Democrats, Republicans, angry. Pro-choice, pro-life, angry. LGBTQ plus uh, straight marriage, anger, 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 anger. So look, so look at the world we're living in. It is, we are, is am I speaking the truth? We're living in a world of poison because we have so much unresolved anger. So what Psalm 109 does says, give your anger to God. And that's what we're going to read together. So could you open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 109? And I've asked Lane to read it with me. And we're going to go back and forth. Jim, may I have slide then uh, number six in congregation? So this is how we're going to break the reading down. So what we see in this passage in the first five verses is David the psalmist is saying, God, judge this person. In verses 6 through 20, it is mean, mean condemnation. In verses 21 to 25, there's a change of tone, and he begins to ask for help. In verses 26 to 29, he goes back and says, now vindicate me because, of, of course. And at the end, the whole thing shifts because the psalm begins and ends with the idea, I'm going to praise God. So anger is basically expressed, given to God, trusting he'll make it right, which frees us to live with freedom.
Selene, you want to start us off? Well, I just, I just wanted to say first that I've been, you know, looking at this psalm and, and thinking about anger and how I interact with others. And I think there's a physiological thing that we can know when we are holding anger, and it's we feel heavy. We feel, we feel burdened. It's the heavy yoke. When I have not given my anger to God, I just feel it. Whereas if I confess my anger, if I just give it all to him, you know, today you really can't put, it, it's really not a good idea to put your anger out there. Who knows what comes back? Oh, the heavy thing. But if I give it to God, like Kevin is saying, I feel lighter because I have let go of it. And I feel physiologically lighter. So as we read this Psalm, would you think about these words and maybe even how they make you feel in your body? Okay. So the first five verses are a call for God to judge. I'm going to God because I need help. Would you follow along with me? My God, whom I praise, do not remain silent, please. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me. But I am a man, I am a woman of prayer. Oh, they repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. So in the next set of verses, no, he, he's just, he is, I'll, I'll, try not to, I'll try not to overemphasize, he is screaming crazy nuts mad. The anger is just nuts. So look what he says, verse, verse six. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand to accuse him. When he is tried, let my enemy be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. Now, look at this next verse. May his days be few. What's he saying? Kill him. He's asking God to kill him. May another take his place of leadership, move him out of his job. May his children be fatherless, kids with no dad. His wife with widow, no one to support in the agrarian culture. So poor, may his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. Their homes are completely destroyed. They have no money. They are pushed away. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off. May his relatives in the past be forgotten and condemned. Their names blotted out from the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mother never be blotted away. May their sins always remain before the Lord, that he may blot out their name from all the earth. For my enemy never thought about doing a kindness, but hounded to death the poor and the needy and the brokenhearted. He loved to pronounce a curse. May the curses come back on him. He found no pleasure in blessing. May he receive no blessing. He wore cursing as his garment. It entered his body like water, into his bones like oil. May 
his cursing be like a cloak wrapped around him, like a belt tied forever around him. May this be the Lord's payment to my accusers, to those who speak evil of me. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Have you ever felt like that? Now, if I don't pray my prayer, if I don't pray this poison, this sin, this anger to God, what's going to happen? It's going to come out this way. And I begin to poison my community. I begin to poison my children and Lena, my wife, and you. So what these, this, this is a bold prayer. He is praying horrible things. Now let me stop. What horrible things have you thought or felt but never expressed? Do we think the Lord does not know what we have thought and what we have felt? We're worried about someone tracking our phones. Folks, there ain't nothing like what God knows. So the psalmist now is just completely honest with his anger. Now we're going to go, the tone changes, and he asks for help. So I'm asking for help. You can tell from my previous prayer that I have really thought about how I have been wronged. I have looked at de in detail about what this other person is doing. And now I'm asking for help. What do I, you know, I'm not really noticing what I am in the midst of this. But I'm saying to God, but you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart, my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I'm shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Well, I think that I'm seeing a whole lot more about what's going on out there than what's probably going on in me. But I do have the right posture before God of telling him what I'm thinking. I, need, I probably need to hear it. I need to hear or see written how I am. And then I need to recognize that I need help. I need, him if, I need help for him to even see me as I am. So I think that was a good posture. He was honest, and then he asked for help. So those in verse 21, he says, help me. In verse 26, help me. So he recognizes now, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. Help me, Lord my God, verse 26, Save me according to your unfailing love. That word, your unfailing love, is one word in Hebrew called hesed, H-E-S-E-D. In Exodus 34 is God's self-description. He is described as compassionate, gracious of heart, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. That's the word. So what he says there is, help me, Lord my God, save me according to your unfailing love. Now, think where we've been now. He has just, he has been praying Kill my enemies. Wreck his kids. Take all their money. I want you, can you feel that? That is how angry he is, but he has brought it to God. And now, now that it's out, what's he saying? Twice, help me. 
help me because I know he's in. <clears throat> Let me take you a little history. In the Nuremberg trials after World War II, it was interesting in the trials when the, the leaders of the Nazi movement were brought to the Nuremberg trials and they were brought to trial, the Jewish people who testified against them were often brought to tears because they said, and I'm paraphrasing, I thought Himmler and these guys would be these horrible, heinous people and they looked just like me. They looked like normal people, just like me. And they were wrecked because they said, I'm paraphrasing again, what they did, I could do. I could kill all kinds of people. And they were wrecked. In this psalm, this kind of rage is brought to God. So here's my question, third time, is it acceptable for you to be this angry with God? Can you share this level of hurt with God? Now, that's the first step. It's, it's just acknowledging it. In fact, let me just show you this the progression real quick. Jim, can I ask slide uh, number seven? So what, what, we're, what, we're, what I'm poking at here, and real quickly, is you see first he articulates. The anger, the hurt is expressed, but it is submitted to God. It is not poisoning everyone else. There is a relinquishment. I'm giving it all to you. And how he ends up was, I'm going to trust that you will make things right. So let me, let me push him this now. I've used this sentence many, many times over these last almost 30 years. Listen to this sentence used by multiple theologians over the centuries. A person's image of God is the single most important thing about them. It drives how we live. So do you believe, in times of anger, do you believe that you have a God who is a good, good father and is a truthful, honest judge? So all the oppression, all the horrors, all the sin, all the junk, one day every single thing will be brought before Jesus, the king, everything. And he will make all things right. Do you believe that? Because in the midst of the anger, the hurt we have, we can just live like this. First service, Pastor Phil was sharing and his, his heart got quickened because someone he loves deeply just died real quickly. We didn't expect his death. And I listened, as I listened to Phil get caught and express his love for the man who just passed away, left us, I was mindful that for Phil, there is an acknowledgement, a belief that when, I'm talking about Dan Vandevoort. Dan was diagnosed in about a week and died. Funeral will be Wednesday here. Phil understands that we transition from this life to the next. Do you believe that? See, if we don't believe that, then we've got to... You look at us go nuts over our political opinions, whatever they are. We, we, we have very strong political opinions about all kinds of things right now. The people who are the maddest, I would observe, and the most vocal and strident, I would suggest 
do not think about the life to come. We're just living for right now. And doggone it, if it doesn't go my way and what I think is right, then I am gonna, I'm going to hate you in the positions you take. And we just get angry and we let poison, 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 poison. We're living in a poisoned place because there's so much unresolved anger. Let me stop. Let's go on. Verse, back, back Jim, to number slide six, slide six. So now we're going to go, he's asking for vindication. So now he's saying, Lord, you've got to help me out here, buddy. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. Let them know it is your hand that you, Lord, have done it. What? Vindicated me. While they may curse me, may you bless me. May those who attack me be put to shame, but may your servant rejoice because I've been rescued. May my accusers be put, be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in as a cloak. Lane? So here we are at the end of that. And the, the prayer doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know how God is going to resolve this, or, but he's trusting. So the last two verses are a promise to worship, trusting, not knowing, but having faith in God. With my mouth, I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng of worshipers, I will praise him. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. Okay, so we've just walked you through this. Here's the psalm. Can we take two minutes, and if you're comfortable, with someone around you, what are you thinking about an angry psalm? What do you think about it? Here's the second question. Are you willing to pray an angry song? So if you don't want to participate, no problem. If you'd like to, please engage right now. Go. It's kind of quiet in here. Anybody, anybody want to, can I help people talk back? Let's, get, let's see where, what's happening, and I'll try to see where, where, where you are and where we are, and let's see what happens. Anybody? What, what, what's running through your head about this anger psalm, praying an angry psalm? Yep, Mike. So Mike makes a good point. I'll make sure, maybe I'm misspeaking this. So thank you, Mike. We're not angry at God. We're expressing our anger to God. Right? We, 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 are, we are angry about something fundamentally. I am, uh, slide two again, Jim. Or three. Give me the self-righteous one. Whatever one that has. Uh, looking around. 
Anger always has an element of self-righteousness. When I'm angry, my will is thwarted. What I think is right, you are pushing back on. And normally, I feel I'm right and you're wrong. So there's self-righteousness. So what's so crazy is, what we're trying to say is, there may be anger at God, but more than that, we are expressing the anger we feel toward another person or another situation. In other words, there, is, there are other Psalms where you are, you are angry at God, absolutely. So let's just, let me just go there. So can you be angry? Is it, do, you, do you give yourself permission to rage? And if you rage, can you rage and give it to God? Or do we just bury it? We have to act like we're all happy with our Christian life. And meanwhile, deep down, we're just fuming. Remember what happens now. If we don't resolve our anger, we poison. We, we, we just poison each other. You, know, you ever walk into a situation, a cocktail party, you walk to a bar, you go to a ball game, wherever you go, and there's stuff going on. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Right? There's poison being spread right there. So I'm going to give you a funny story. You ever have those swimming pools when someone releases some water and a pink cloud shows up? Unresolved anger is like that. And people got to swim through our unresolved anger. So this is why it's, this, this is so critical. We have, to, we have to be honest with God. So let's go to Jesus. Near the cross. Jesus is on the cross, and he's quoting Psalm 22. And I don't want to exaggerate it because I wasn't there, but I'm guessing he was screaming. My God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? That is raw, honest emotion. Jesus has never disobeyed, never not submitted, never ever violated anything, and now he is here saying, what's up? That's Psalm 22. The Psalms give voice to the, the reality of the human experience, but we address it to God. So that, you gotta hear this, you don't hear anything else. We address our anger to God, and we lift it to him, and then we got to leave it. So this week I was involved in a situation, a difficult, different thing happened. So if you go in the social hall, way over, but going down the steps that way, this person said, this particular thing happened. I just said to them, I'd like when it's no one's in the building, you walk over to that cross, and you just put your arms around that cross, and you tell Jesus whatever you want to tell him. And he said to me, you mean I can do that? I said, absolutely. You tell Jesus the reality of where you are right now. Now, why? And Brett last week did a great job. Brett, Brett said, Elder Brett Mundorf talked about last, a couple weeks ago, sermon, and he talked about the idea of love. The reason we can express that kind of emotion, listen to me now, 
is that nothing can ever separate you from his love. So I want you to think about a little grandchild, a little grandchild, and he or she is just angry and, and grandpa, grandma walk over, what do you do? You just hug them, and they're kicking, and they're screaming, and they're, man, and you just smile because you love your grandchild. Do you think God feels that way about you? Do you believe when you're at your worst, when I'm at my worst, that God still loves you and me? See, that, that's the question. Because if I believe I am loved, I can give him this anger, and then I can say, and I'm gonna trust in due time, you're gonna make it right. And it may not be in this life, but you will make it right. Amen? So let me give you a couple sentences, and then I wanna go to something else. Fundamentally, Psalm 109 invites us to send our rage to heaven. Don't, don't poison each other. Send rage to heaven. The vengeance language in this psalm is not understood as personal vengeance. It's God's justice. What the writer is crying out for is, God make things right. So we're coming back to the things we've talked about for many times over the years. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, he gives a whole series of promises. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand that we are invited into deeper and deeper levels of relationship with Jesus. And one of the ways is through the Psalms. So let me end with slide number nine. Here's the action step, the request. Would you think about verbalizing if you wish, or writing an angry prayer to the Lord. Seek to end it by longing for hope. The Lord will vindicate, make things right, and offering a blessing. Now, why do I say that? Can you open your Bibles to Matthew 5? Page number, please, Jim. Matthew 5. I want you to look, think about anger now. You have Matthew 5. Now, Jim, I have slide 8 again. Remember this now. What happens if we don't deal with anger? We release oppression within us, upon us, to others. We unleash curses and destruction, and we poison the community in which we live. So look at Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. Blessed Makarios, happy are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. Look at verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are people when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say. Rejoice and be glad. Great. So there he is. He is saying, Lord, I'm giving it to you, trusting in what you'll bring. Go down, go down to verse 43. Chapter 5, verse 43. 
You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Last night I read from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Christian pastor who was hung by the Nazis right before the war ended. And it was interesting, as he was moving to execution, he kept talking about the community of the people of God. And as he was, as he was going to be hung, he offered a blessing over the guards who were going to hang him. And the guards who were there were stunned by what he said and what he did. How could Dietrich Bonhoeffer do that? He believed in the life to come, and God would make all things right. What the Psalms of anger do is we release our anger to God, not on each other, so that we can be freed to live with the freedom that Christ offers us. You know the old saying, being angry at someone else is taking a bottle of poison, drinking it, and hoping they die. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. So last slide, and then we're done. Could you think about writing an angry psalm? Send it to Mike R. at TRC Pella or Kevin K. And we'll, uh, we'll hang it on the walls. Would you pray with me, please? To God our Father, whose holy anger heals. To Jesus the Messiah, whose righteous anger overcomes evil. To the blessed Holy Spirit, who keeps our angers from turning violent and destructive. Receive our wounded hearts. Take our burning words. Protect us from the desire for revenge. May our faithful, humble anger become fuel for justice in a fractured world. May our faithful, humble anger be used for the mending of broken relationships in our lives and in our homes. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Hear our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.